श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय इसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी प्रभुपाति रुभामुत्वती की जय ओ प्रेमानंदे evening everyone welcome nice to be with you and you, i was originally scheduled to speak at the bhakti shop this evening but as it turned out today is the um, day in which we commemorate the what's called the tirobhav tirobhav or that it, it means kind of literally disappearance which we'll have to I suppose explain to some extent of um Umishnupad Shesi Bhaktivedanta Sami Prabhupada um his passing from the world. Um and he of course is very important figure to all of us in in this uh, particular lineage and all those who've been touched by the uh by Bhakti and in the West in particular by the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. <clears throat> and, um, of course, he passed from the world in 1977, and so annually we have such a, um, a, 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 a gathering wherein uh, eulogies will be offered in praise of his contribution and so on and so forth. And given that... Um, that uh, this is an, an event that, uh, while we would like it to be very public, at the same time it is somewhat private. It's said that, or I say often, that uh, <laughs> that uh, love likes to share itself, but it often finds that it it uh, it uh, it has to um, even hide itself because it can't share itself with everyone in all places and all times and so forth. So, um, uh, a, 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 an event like this, celebration of a great personality, <clears throat> is perhaps best conducted in the company of those who, who feel such a person is great or who has had a great influence on them or... Um, um, and the like. So uh, I reasoned with uh, uh, Lila Mai and Hari Bhakti. I guess that uh, that maybe we could change the date and we'd have a more of a more of a private setting amongst those who have no, know something about my Guru Maharaj, and uh, and uh, then switch the date for the speaking at the Bhakti shop, which would be a more general speech or talk uh, to. A larger audience, so I think that's the history of why we're here and doing this tonight. Um, <clears throat> at the same time, that that said, um, we have here amongst us some uh, the, um, students of of Prabhupada who were um, initiated by him, and um, dating back to the early 1970s. Um, my godfather Agni Dev, who's uh, famous for his kirtan, and of course myself, um, and then we have students of mine who are here and who are initiated by me, and to whom who, who, for whom Prabhupada is their kind of param guru, the, the grand 
uh, father guru, if you will, and uh, and then there are those who are uh, friends and acquaintances, are not initiated members of our sampradaya, our lineage, and um, some of them who have um, uh, had uh, gifts waiting for me as I arrived. I much appreciated that. Um, and uh, more than one of them. And then there are persons who may have uh, uh, never been to this uh, gathering, kind of gathering amongst us before, and welcome. Hmm. Uh, so we have, my point being, a mixed crowd nonetheless. So, <laughs> smaller, but, uh, but uh, the task re- uh, is, is somewhat... Uh, um, um, somewhat uh, that was the word um, a difficult task to speak in such a way that everyone will try to will derive something from it and uh, too high for some and too low for others too broad for some too too narrow for others uh, so tr- Try to listen in such a way and take that into consideration yourselves that, that there's a mixed crowd. Some people are very familiar with the subject and uh, intimately uh, served the, the uh, Prabhupada who's, who we're eulogizing today. And, um, and, and, and it goes through the whole spectrum. Others have never heard his name before, perhaps. So, so all you be patient, please, is my request. With, uh, with, uh, re- you're really dealing not with me, but with one another. <laughs> and you have different necessities and eligibility for entering into the, the topic and so forth. So, um, hopefully, the point is that uh, if you listen in that spirit, something for yourself will be uh, will, will come out that you can uh, identify with as a value, and uh, and um, and by taking it in into your heart, and um, it can help to bring about a change in your life and we need to, to change our lives. I think that would be uh, pretty much accepted by by everyone and um, that should be the spirit of this. these types of, of gatherings. We'd come and, and uh, hear with, with, within the hope that, that something could go into our ear and down and into our hearts as they say and Serve as some type of a building block to uh, for a foundation for a new uh, a new life and a life uh, a life that he uh, very much uh, exemplified. Mm-hmm. Um, He uh, came to the Americas in the mid 1960s, maybe 1965, and uh, he was able to do that uh, really on the strength of his um, his conviction and a kind of a necessity that he was uh, driven by. We are all moving out of some necessity, as I like to say. Uh, I owe, I owe. It, it said so. Off to work I go. So 
we this is a, a saying that I don't think it was intended in this way, but it really um, uh, captures the karmic uh, predicament that uh, we find ourselves in in material life. We have taken, which is a necessity born from the very uh, identification uh, that we have as Americans, as Indians, as um, men, women, as Oregonians, Californians, um, Filipinos, as, as may be the case. All these identities are fleeting. Hmm? And here today, and they'll be gone tomorrow. Uh, uh, but uh, nonetheless, we, we, we pursue them and the preservation of them as if preserving them was possible <laughs> and was the all in all. Uh, uh, but uh, they are an identity, as I say, that's here today and gone tomorrow. And there's no reason to believe that experiential existence uh, will somehow disappear at some point. Um, the individual shape of it, if you will, that, uh, that we are experiencing. <laughs> um, so that's another, of course, extended discussion, but the idea that consciousness is what we are constituted of and consciousness is not reducible to matter, therefore it's not uh, constrained by time and space, therefore it has no beginning and it has no end, and it is what constitutes experience, it is what gives meaning to, to matter, and we are a unit of that, hmm? and of course, and there's a way to experience that—that hmm. that you are such an experiencing unit of of subjective first-person reality, hmm? an atma, as it's said in the in the sacred texts of India. Um, and so, uh, that doesn't need preserving, um, but. Uh, having lost sight of that, we are identifying with the movements of, of matter, if you will, that we ourselves are generating. We are behind the movements of, of nature. Apareya mitastanyam prakritim vidime param jiva bhutamaha bahu yaedum dharyati jagat. Sri Krishna in the Gita says, but there is another. He has described the matter. Bhumirapo nalo vayu kamano budareva cha ahankara itiyam me. Bina prakritir ashtadha. He described it in a very broad way, but eightfold in its constituents and characterized as bina prakritim. Hmm? Bina means separated. Hmm? Hmm? It is a power of mine, a shakti, hmm? separated from me in a sense. Hmm? And then he said, but there is another. Shakti also. And it is jiva, jiva bhuta, life. Jiva means life, actually. It's the life in the equation. This is the subjective experiential uh, aspect of the, uh, of, of the world, hmm? of our experience. There's our experience, and then there's the world that's experienced, and so forth. And so the one, the experiencer, is moving the, the, uh, that which is experienced. So, apareya mitastanyam, pakritim vidhi me param, 
जीवभूत महाबाहु यादम धार्य थे धार्य थे जगत द जगत द वर्ल्ड धार्य थे इट इज बीइंग एनिमेटेड बाय कॉन्शियसनेस कॉन्शियसनेस इज 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 गिविंग वैल्यू टू to 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 matter giving meaning the stone is a conception a little berkleyan uh, an idealistic uh, but uh, no doubt in uh, in philosophically speaking but not to the point of dismissing uh, the uh, matter altogether hmm? it's also there hmm? uh, it's not uh, kind of a pure idealism that Uh, that, that only your ideas <laughs> exist. So anyway, uh, so the point is that 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 other identity, hmm, other than that I am a unit of first-person experiencing capacity. Hmm, it's an odd way to talk about it, but it's a difficult thing to talk about. Also, consciousness is is very difficult to talk about. and the reason is in short because there's nothing like it it's easy to talk about things when there are other things that are like it hmm? if you can say what's he like well he's like so and so and such and such there's like something to compare it's pretty much how we make definitions and so forth but there's nothing like consciousness hmm? it is unto itself it's it, therefore in upanishads one of the great uh, and formational uh, foundational i should say uh, sacred texts of in the upanishads upa means upanishad means literally sit close the implication of which is so that i can whisper something into your ear i can come close i want to tell you something it's 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 a it's a speech it's a it's a discussion that's not for the general public pursuing as they are the preservation of an identity that is not preservable hmm? struggling hard for that this is the darwinian idea uh, one living being uh, the bhagavad says it like this jivo jivasya jivanam one living being is food for another hmm? struggle for existence of course the bhagavad doesn't end with that description of nature hmm? it says there that there's a way to end the struggle for existence and it's to stop struggling to exist you do exist <laughs> hmm? you're trying to be pleasured hmm? you're trying to be secure and we even try to be virtuous sometimes hmm? but uh, all this effort is at the cost of knowing that you are virtuous by nature hmm? you are so strong nainam chinanti dashastrani nainam dahati bhavaka these kind of statements are there in in gita upanishad for example that consciousness is cannot be withered by the wind cannot be burned by fire cannot be drowned by the water cannot be destroyed by any weapon hmm? we might use different language today to to to, to talk about it huh? um but the same idea hmm? it is it you don't we we are struggling to to be strong you are so strong hmm. uh, so powerful in a sense hmm. animating the world hmm. 
and uh, deathless. And as for pleasure, we are trying to be pleasured. You are a unit of pleasure. This is, of course, the, the idea of sat. You be, you exist, chit. You are cognizant of, a uh, unit of cognizance of knowing and anandam, satchit anandam. This is a, Upanishads say, neti, neti. Hmm? About consciousness. It's not this, it's not that. It's not this and it's not that. Hmm? But there is some slight positive description about that which is, as I say, difficult to talk about, nothing to compare it to. Hmm? And that comes with these words, Satchitananda. It is, it is, it is, it is also, if you look at it, the antithesis of, 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 of matter. It is, Sat means it exists. And what it means by existing, it means it, it exists in all circumstances, whereas things are here today and gone tomorrow. All manifestations of matter. So it's not a thing. Hmm? Um, our identity as an Oregonian or a Californian or an Indian or American or woman or man for that matter is more or less a thing. Why? Because it's based on identification with things. That's what it's derived from. These are my things. Therefore, I am this. This is my, my country. Therefore, I am an Indian. I am an American. Hmm? This is my house. This is my family. This is my body. <laughs> so on and so forth. So all these my's, as I often say, that forms an I. Hmm? That I is more or less a thing. Do you understand? Hmm? Because it's all it's based on things. And hmm? it, it, in, 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 it's an identity that's based on things that misses the fact that there's some something that's not a thing. <laughs> See, it's difficult to talk about. Hmm? That that is that is that is that is projecting itself into things, and identity is forming around it. Hmm? And what's making the things valuable and important to me, as if they're mine and I, hmm? if you took them away, we would be, your things, we'd be taking part of you apart. Hmm? What makes them such is that, that you actually, that Atma consciousness, are inside those things. You've gone inside. You've, you've extended yourself into things. And things, certain things that you've done that with, have become more important to you. Because really you're important, not the things. And you have an identity that's independent of the things, and it's not a thing. So it's hard to, it's a hard thing to, to describe, to talk about. Hmm? But with some positive language, in a sense, we say it is sat, which means it's not asat. Asat means, like I said, here today and gone tomorrow. It's not like that. Hmm? It's not uh, achit. Matter has, is, is, is not, um, it has no knowing. Hmm? It's not uh, a cognizant existence. There can be an existence that need not be cognizant of itself. Hmm? 
So you could have existence without cognizance, but you couldn't have cognizance without existence. Matter is asat in all its forms, here, day, and gone, tomorrow. It's achit. And it's nirananda. It has no joy in it. The joy in things is our self that we have projected into things, which makes them meaningful, valuable. We call them ours. An identity is formed of that. So we are not asat, not achit, not nirananda. Therefore, we are satchit, ananda. These are still, it's still pretty vague, kind of. <laughs> but then again, we exist. We know it's enduring, hmm? that which we are uh, uh, constituted of. And it, it is cognit- cognitive. Hmm? It, 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 again, it gives meaning to matter. It gives names and, uh, and, and value and, and, and so on and so forth. And it is course, by nature, it has some, it is, is joyful. Therefore, as I say, when we project ourselves into the things, we really like the things, those particular things. The more we're in them, the more we like them, hmm? the more we're attached to them. So, hmm. that fleeting uh, identity that cannot be uh, preserved Hmm. Um, that teaching is there's a way to to um, to, to 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 rise above that hmm, and realize the atma, the self, and that self. That means for doing so that we call bhakti has kind of it's a value added, if you will. Uh, um, means, because in the context of revealing the Atma, it also gives the Atma a prospect hmm, that it unto itself it, it does not have. Hmm. It has the prospect unto itself to taste the, the bliss, the ananda that it's constituted of, but that is objectless. But love is not without an object. Love requires two. There's the love, and then there's the object of love. They become one in a dynamic way. They don't do away, they don't cancel one another out. So bhakti is, 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 a, is a doctrine of, of love, and it brings before the atma, the Paramatma, in a sense, hmm? the Supreme Atma, hmm? Bhagwan. Hmm? Before the the ray of the sun, the sun itself, if you will, to connect the two, hmm? and so it makes for a it it, it provides or brings into 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 uh, us in 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 connection with our our source, which is the perfect object of love, that we can repose our our loving capacity, our ananda, in a sense, within. Hmm? Now we have not objectless ananda, hmm? but we have 
Ananda with an object, and the object, of course, is not a thing either. This is a consciousness object, <laughs> like a significant consciousness other, if you will. So this is what the lineage hmm, of Uttam Bhakti, hmm, this means like superlative idea, the full idea of Bhakti, not a vitiated or partial idea of Bhakti, where Bhakti is but a means to something else, but Bhakti, un- bhakti love unto itself. Hmm? This is the kind of lineage that our... Uh, uh, Guru Maharaj, J.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, brought uh, to the world, to the Western world, and he um, he um, uh, uh, was said uh, to be in, in his youth, in his childhood, from his astrological chart, if you will, to be able to do that in a very uh, big way. Uh, it was said that. He could build a house in which the whole world could live. Hmm? But he came to this country, as I was saying, hmm? he came to this country, and the way that he came to the country is was uh, uh, very, uh, I would say, very uh, in a very humble way. Uh, he, but in a very powerful way at the same time, a very humble way, in that he came on a, on a, on a um, what is it called? Freight. A freight liner, not a cruise, not the Titanic, which sunk after all. So don't invest too much in such uh, ideas of pleasure in relation to things. Hmm? You could sink in the ocean. Hmm? So he sailed across the ocean in a freight uh, freight liner, a cargo ship, basically, which really was not uh, meant for carrying uh, passengers. Um, so in, in a humble way, in that sense. and But the power, if you will, that is behind the humility, uh, it's very beautiful. I, I'll describe it in, in, in terms of the, the narrative of how it came about. Um, of course, he had written to his own guru, uh, the great Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who This is in the turn of the... Just really the about there was something going on in Bengal, in India, at the turn of the, what, 19th, turn of the 20th, from the 19th century, uh, what, what are we, the 21st century? So the 20th, 19th and 20th century, uh, at the cusp there. The, uh, Bengal was, of course, the place where the British had their kind of capital, I guess, uh, headquarters and whatnot, and they were the the um, world power, the leading power and influential influence in the world. And Calcutta was their their base of operations in, in, in India, stronghold in the east and so forth. And, uh, and, and there was a think tank of, of, of Indian uh, uh, Hindu intelligentsia, if you will, Interfacing with the Western ideas brought by Christianity, uh, by, excuse me, by England, by the British Christianity, um, uh, ideas about the world derived from scientific enterprise um, that had been uh, developed in, in, in Europe, uh, scientific revolution and so forth, uh, uh, as it's called. And, um, 
And so they were caused to reflect on their own traditions and so forth and, uh, and, uh, and interface them with new information. And, and so it was a very interesting time in India. And many uh, wonderful uh, spiritual things came out of that, great persons and so forth. Um, a good number of the, uh, the who are famous now in different traditions and lineages from India who came in, in, in the 60s and uh, whatnot have some connection with uh, Bengal and the, you know, Vivekananda. He came earlier. Vivekananda was famous. And uh, um, there are others. It's Sri Chinmoy is a, another. You might have heard his name. And there, are so, there are many. And you know his name. So, uh, so anyway, Bengal and Buck, the great Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was in this uh, mix, and his father, uh, Bhakti Vinod, and uh, people like Rabindranath Tagore and so forth, a great poet, Nobel laureate, whatnot. Um, and and this uh, particular lineage of ours of Kirtan and Bhakti coming from Sri Chaitanya and Krishna and the, the Bhagavat and the Gita and so forth. It got some new uh, new life for uh, interfacing with with the modern world. And this Bhakti Siddhanta, the, the guru of my guru, who's uh, uh, my guru, whose day of disappearance from the world we're discussing, uh, was uh, like many young men in Bengal and all over India, swept away by the revolution of Gandhi, hmm? which was a political revolution. Uh, a, you know, a revolution for human rights, for equal rights, um, um, good ideas, noble ideas, high ideas, and every man and woman uh, practically was swept up by this, uh, you can imagine, uh, uh, this idea of Swaraj, a political idea of Swaraj, liberation from the, uh, foreign oppression and so forth. Um, and and the, the great Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was, was not a member of Gandhi's movement. While appreciating him on a certain level for his work, his idea of liberation, Bhakti Siddhanta's, was a different idea of liberation than, than mere political uh, liberation. Hmm? But to transcend the, ident- the identification with matter and all of its forms and all uh, these things we talked about, the, 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 the egoic self and so forth and understand what real what is you are a unit of freedom hmm, yourself and so on and but the, you can imagine uh what a person like that seeking to influence young men and women educated and so forth faces turning towards the west a little bit and and still maintaining their cultural values and sensibilities and wanting freedom and and, and to have to you know tell them you know there, there's you, your time could be better spent. It was a difficult task, uh, uh, caught up in the immediacy of you know the of a, p- a particular material problem, which was which is like a symptom of the disease of the self. Hmm? Its material identification has so many symptoms, you know, political oppression, famine, disease, and so on and so forth. But the but the disease, I mean, sickness, but the disease itself. Hmm? That can be overlooked. Mm-hmm. The symptoms can loom rather large. So he had an important, uh, difficult task, if you will, but he was very successful. And uh, the young Avaicharande, as he was named my Guru Maharaj at that time, he was, he was taken by him. And he had seen many sadhus also. Mm-hmm. 
India's got many sadhus, and with many of anything, uh, the, especially the, many of something that's 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 very rare, then you have to question it. <laughs> the Gita says, Mukta, uh, what does it say? Mm. Well, Bhagavad says it in another way. Muktanam avisadhanam nanayana parayana nakutaschana bibhyati Mm. Uh, Nagita says it that Manushanam Sahasreshu Kaschid Jatati Siddhaye Yatatam Apisidhanam Kaschin Mamveti Tatvataha Manushanam Sahasreshu. There are thousands, millions of humans, Manusha. Manushanam Sahasreshu. Mm. But out of thousands and thousands and thousands, it means really millions and millions and billions of humans, one will be interested in this subject. Mm. Manushanam Sahasreshu Kaschid Yatati Siddhaye. And out of, out, of, out of billions of those who are interested, hmm, one may attain perfection in this life. Manushanam Sahasreshu Kaschid Yatati Siddhaye. Yatatamapi Siddhanam Kaschid Mambiti Tattvata. And then out of millions of those, Krishna says, one may know me as I am. Hmm? That's a <laughs> something. Something worth 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 achieving. <laughs> Don't be discouraged. <laughs> we should set our sights high. Hmm? Something like that. And and the fact of the matter is that one who has their sets high, sights, if you will, set so high hmm, to pursue that ideal, will find that the very path hmm, of its pursuance hmm, is better than other perfections. By other paths, and there are different degrees of perfection, hmm? even within this path, or to speak of with other paths. So this is a this is a powerful statement. You you don't have to believe me, but uh, you 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 might be compelled to to try it. Stick your foot in the in the toe in and 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 and, and see. Hmm? We don't ask more than that. That you move on the basis of maybe some compelling association and then on the basis of that some experience and then then be experience driven hmm? there's something to be had this is not a false um, false uh, propaganda we're not selling when they say a bill of goods here there's something real ground to stand on hmm? and Krishna says Brahmano Pratishtaham later in the Gita that Brahman that is everywhere I am the basis of that hmm? I am Rasa, Brahmano Pratishtaham. Hmm? A Brahman is, that is everywhere, cannot move, and I'm moving, and I'm that. You just make your head turn around. Hmm? That is what is Leela. Hmm? Very different idea than karma. Hmm? The, we owe, so as I said, off to work, I go, we have to work. Hmm? My Guru Maharaj, had another obligation, not a karmic obligation by which he came here. Hmm? In his time, there may be may have also been many young men who wanted wanted to go to England, hmm? something like that, because they thought the streets were paved with gold. There, some village boy really wanted to go. Well, my grandmas really wanted to come too, but but he had a very different idea as to why to come. Hmm? He wanted to come because his guru, the great Bhakti Siddhanta, told him. Hmm? As I said, he had met many sadhus. Hmm? 
his father used to invite any sadhu who was in town, invite him over. If he dressed like a sadhu, sadhu means a saint, but <laughs> holy man, but not every holy man is, a lot of holy men got a lot of holes in them. <laughs> Yeah, so, but he was uh, like that. His father would invite any sadhu, and so he said, I've seen many sadhus. <laughs> hmm? uh, it sounded like a good idea in youth, this spiritual prospect, but I've seen many sadhus. Hmm? And, and the implication is, uh, maybe Gandhi's got a better idea, you know. <laughs> maybe, maybe some, let's just improve the world, let's work on that, you know. The idea that there's that there's there's more than the world, and it's you. It's it sounds good, um, but without someone representing it in a living in a dynamic way, uh, it's a it's a it's a it's an idea that, that it will be difficult to take shape within us. Hmm? If that idea, that theoretical idea, can take the shape of a person. Hmm? Who personifies that? Hmm? They could, by their very movement, but and they, they and, and speech, but they they we get so much uh, greater uh, capacity to uh, to um, it promotes a kind of faith, but by faith I mean a kind of a clearing of doubt, a hope, and even an experience, even a taste in such presence. It's possible. Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Shastrikoi, Lava Matra, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Shidihai. He said this kind of association with a saintly person, a, a real saint, that difficult to find them, but if you do, Sudulava Bhagavata Hiloke. A minute, a little bit of that would be so valuable, change the course of our life, a rare thing. So anyway, he said, I've seen many sadhus, but his friend said, This one is different. You should come and hear from him. Hmm? The great Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And he was different in a lot of ways. He was different in that he, he actually embodied the teaching. And some of the evidence to the extent to which he embodied the teaching was that he could take the essential teaching and separate from it cultural and religious baggage hmm? and represent it in a different and even foreign cultural context where it would, in a way that it would be that much more uh, compelling. And so, um, that was compelling to a young, educated man that he could, he could interface, so to speak, with modernity. Hmm? And not at the cost of his spirituality, but in a, such a way as to bring the essential spiritual reality to light that much, uh, much brighter. Hmm? Um, so he he rode in a motor car, whereas sadhus were supposed to only go barefooted and walk everywhere. Hmm? But he had a different idea. You know, it depends what you're driving for, hmm? uh, or what you're walking for. Hmm? It's not the it's not the the means of conveyance, but the purpose that, by which you're moving—that's important. Hmm? So the very thing that the very thing that what might be used to further our illusion could be used to to bring us out of it. Something like that. He had a very dynamic idea about renunciation. Hmm? 
renunciation of the of the of the false idea of proprietorship, and then use the thing in relation to whom it actually belongs, to make clear to us that nothing belongs to us and that there is a proprietor and so on and so forth. So anyway, it was a compelling meeting that he had, uh, my Gurudev, with his with his guru, and it just changed the course of his life, and and. Um, towards the, just near the end of the life of the great Bhakti Siddhanta, the, uh, my Guru wrote him a letter and said, you please, uh, he was a family man at the time, a uh, household man, and he said, if there's any service I can do, you, you please you know, give me some service to your, your, your mission. Hmm? And so the great Bhakti Siddhanta wrote to him and said, it would be good, I think, if you, if you have the opportunity to speak about this teaching in English. Hmm? To others, that will be good for you and for others. So he took this as some kind of like order. It was the last thing that he, at, at a, a, a communication he had with his guru, and a communication in a verbal or literal written sense was was limited. He had a big following at the time, Bhakti Siddhanta. So Prabhupada took this like his life and soul, hmm? and so he became. Uh, and in, in pursuance of that, he thought, I have to go to uh, the West. And um, with the uh, departure of Bhakti Siddhanta from the world around 1936, World War II uh, was just about to begin. Hmm? And shortly thereafter, the United States became the world industrial and military power up, upstaging uh, you know, Britain. Hmm? And so he had this idea, I should go to America. Hmm? And I should bring this uh, message there and so forth. And so he was preoccupied with going to America in a very different way than maybe a young Indian village boy would want to go to America and so forth. Um, uh, and but how would he get there? I mean, it was difficult even to get a passport for in in, in those days to leave the country. Would to speak of a visa, and then the money, and so forth. So what he did was uh, he found a lady who owned a shipping uh, line, and she was in a particular. A bhakti lineage, a slightly different bhakti lineage um, that also worshipped Krishna. Hmm? And so he went and asked her for passage on one of her cargo boats. And she said, by this time, of course, he was uh, just about 70 years old. Hmm? So he was old and, you know, it's not a great time to go traveling <laughs> to a foreign country and, uh, you know, and with this kind of thing in mind. You want to go there with a, in a place to land and... Uh, uh, health care, and uh, he, didn't have Ob- he didn't have Obamacare, you know, at the time. So, uh, so the, in one sense, uh, this uh, lady who owned the steamship line, she says, that's not a good idea. You should go to a holy place like Vrindavan, the birthplace of Krishna, and stay there and, and, and leave the world there. That's what sadhus do. So he wouldn't, he wouldn't take it. He, he, so he, what he did is he sat in her, like, um, garden outside of her, her house, he sat and chanted on his beads. And every now and then she'd look at, is he still out there chanting, you know, still out there? Next morning, he's still out there. Hmm? And um, and he wouldn't leave, he just sat there and chanted. And so she, so she finally said, all right, all right, all right, you know, yeah. I'll give you passage on this boat. It leaves on this day, but you know, I, I can't, 
I, I don't recommend it. It's going to be a difficult journey. You're old, and uh, it's not a cruise liner or anything of the sort and so forth. But anyway, he took the passage, and with some other help, he got a passport and, and, uh, and her help and a visa and so forth, and he departed on that uh, boat. His name was the Jaladuta, the water messenger, it's called. And, uh, uh, and uh, on the boat, he had a heart attack. Hmm? And uh, he has kept a diary there, and he he related his intimate uh, inner experiences and so forth, and his prayers that he wrote and composed some songs at that time in, in, in bhakti to Krishna. It was very powerful if you if you read them, and um, and of course he was. Uh, the successful in reaching the Boston Harbor. He said, when I got off the boat, I didn't know whether to turn left or right. <laughs> we turned left, <laughs> went to New York. And there he lived in the, in, in the Bowery. I don't know if you, any of you know New York very well, but the Bowery at that time at least was not a very <laughs> good place to live. That was where the homeless people and alcoholics would be found living on the streets and so forth. And there he, he was a homeless person. And this is the person, as I mentioned earlier, whose astrological chart said could build a house in which the whole world could live, then he was homeless. Hmm? So what kind of house? Hmm? What, what, what does that mean? Did he build some big place? Uh, no, obviously it, it meant that he had something in his heart. He had an idea, a conception in his heart hmm? that the whole uh, world could thrive within. Hmm? Uh, I liken this to the idea that the fact that Chaitanya Dev, the founder of this great uh, lineage, avatar of Krishna, you know, hundreds of years ago and so forth, he lived in a small room, a stone room in Jagannath Puri, the seaside uh, village of, uh, of, uh, of Puri, uh, the famous Jagannath Theater. It's a very famous place, big, big temple there. He lived there in a stone room about six by eight with no windows. Hmm. But the ideas were, were living within him that were so big, oceanic. Hmm? Um, it, and this course requires a little study of what is bhakti, the saddam to the conclusions. What is this, the playing out of this love, wise of wise love, hmm? if you will. It's, uh, when I said we are not Americans, Indians, and so forth, and that, that means the relationships that we have are somewhat based on falsity. They're in pursuit of truth, hmm? but they're based on a false identity that we ourselves are ab ab absorbed in, and it's a taking identity. Hmm? Myself as an American as a, uh, it has necessities, and so I move according to those necessities, emotional necessities, physical, mental, emotional necessities, uh, uh, and some of them, well, these form my relationship. I need another. Hmm? Uh, for example. And so it's a neediness. And we all know, of course, hopefully psychologically, that's the worst position to be in, to you know, go for a relationship because you need. But, but even, if, even those who don't need and are well-balanced have a need, maybe a healthy need for a relationship. But from a broader perspective, all these needs, hmm, they have nothing to do with Atma, who has no necessity. Hmm. Atma doesn't need to be pleasured and have another Hmm? In, 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 in one sense, it's self-sufficient. It doesn't need others for strength. Hmm? 
uh, to hold them up or help them become virtuous or uh, so so anyway there's a place for those we should pursue those needs in the context of pursuing a spiritual necessity the necessity to realize we have no need so to speak so I want to say he came to America with a need. It was a different kind of a need. Hmm? He uh, the, 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 this the, the need to share the, the experience of his of his heart that he felt was was had uh, depths that the, the whole world would could, could, could uh, uh, drown in. Hmm? Um, the again, it's a it's a doctrine of love. Above this false identity is the self. And above the self is the super self, so to speak, with whom we can have relationship with, uh, and 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 twanantam. This is without end, without uh, um, uh, what I say. Uh, like again, to use that example, oceanic, no, 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 uh, fathomless. Hmm possibilities of love. So the possibility of love that we pursue, the, the ananda, the joy derived from reciprocal dealings, which is really what love is about. Hmm? Uh, the idea is in Krishna, it finds no limit. That's what the idea of Krishna means if you study that. Hmm? Depicted in a particular way in art and so forth, if you take that apart, this is what it means. Hmm? The center is such it's a, it's a, that we are on the, of the uh, uh, part of the circumference of, if you will, uh, is, uh, is of such a nature that it controls, if you will, by affection. Hmm? As I said before, it's one thing to control a person physically, but it's another thing to control a person mentally. If you're controlled physically, I tie you up, you know I've controlled you, and, it's, and you're not going to be, hopefully, a willing participant in that. Hmm? I could control you mentally, and you might not know it. You might need a friend to say, you've got to get out of there. Hmm. He's abusing you, hmm? manipulating you. So you got to get out of there. Take you by the hand. It's more subtle. Hmm? That kind of controlling, mental controlling, than physical controlling. And then there's while there's control by physically, by force, by mental manipulation. There's also control by love, by heart, by the body, by the mind, by the heart. But the control by the heart, that is another thing. That we don't have to be afraid of. Because if I could control you by your heart, then you can control me. <laughs> That's what love is. Hmm? Right? So Krishna means the center is controlling by affection, by love. That's why Krishna doesn't look like most powerful guy when he's depicted. Hmm? He's just playing a flute, dancing, Wrestled to the fr- to the ground by his friends, wondering if Radha loves him. Hmm? Hmm? He's not like Brahma with four heads, got everything figured out, kind of. Hmm? <laughs> or like Shiva in meditation, dressed in ashes only, hmm? performing austerities and so forth. There's some force and power in that. Hmm? Wow, he's powerful. Doesn't need anything. Hmm? Krishna looks unpowerful by comparison. Hmm? Yeah. But he's only playing, in other words. And playing is for people, well, well it's for kids in a sense. You know, it's, it's, 
Uh, but play really requires power, as I've often said. If you want to take a vacation, you have to have some money in the bank. Who's only playing, the implication is, has all power. Hmm? And the power of affection, by the power of affection, he's presiding. Hmm? And this bhakti is that affection. Hmm? That affection coming to us through the, through the, the chain, if you will, of, of gurus in, in the lineage. Hmm? And our property is, was a recipient of, of that, so to speak, from his guru. And, and the, the wealth of that, he, he actually, uh, see how seriously he took just a letter. I think it would be good if you spoke in English. He took it like, that I've got to do. Hmm? So I, I've got to go to America for that. He just put all this together, you know, and and for that, uh, you know, I have to do. And so he, this is how he, he, you know, one one instruction of his guru, he focused on that as this uh, everything, hmm? and he had that kind of necessity. Hmm? This is a like a love of a necessity out of love, if you will. There's a necessity born out of out of need, and there's a necessity born out of fullness. Also, this is the difference between karma and lila. Karma is a necessity born out of need. I think I need things, so I take from the world because my identity is 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 a taker, as I said earlier. It imposes needs upon me. Oh, I've got to get take to get them, and then I owe for taking, hmm? and I'm implicated in this now. I owe. I've taken. Now I owe. Hmm? But love is not about taking. Love is about giving. Hmm? Right? But there may be a necessity to give also. Hmm? Who has gotten has to give. Hmm? Who has been loved, you see? <laughs> Who has been loved has to love. Hmm? It's not, it's not, it's because it's the nature of the experience. I've been loved. Hmm? I know what that is. And my, my existence is. Is, is 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 formed by that. Hmm? So then one be, he becomes a giver, a lover. Hmm? So this is another kind of necessity, a necessity out of fullness. That is Leela. Leela is a kind of movement. Karma is a movement. Hmm? Gyan means to be still. Knowledge means to be still in relation to things that are here today and gone tomorrow. Don't chase after them. Hmm? Be still. You'll chase there, and they will disappear. <laughs> you will embrace a beautiful girl, and she'll turn into a, a witch. Hmm? <laughs> you'll embrace a beautiful guy, and he'll turn into a monster. Hmm? Hmm? Something like that. Be careful. <laughs> don't, don't, so this is gyan, knowledge. Don't move. Karma's moving. Trying to acquire, so forth. Yes. But then, bhakti is another kind of movement. Hmm? It includes that knowledge, but it has another kind of knowledge, that which is worth moving in relation to. Hmm? That is, the, that is the, the leela of Brahman's movement. And what makes Brahman, which is everywhere, move? Hmm? That is bhakti. Hmm? That is love. Hmm? Krishna means... Brahman has, 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 has taken a shape. Hmm? Hmm? Brahman has taken a shape on the force, by the force of bhakti hmm? that, it, that it might re- relate with us 
in intimacy. Hmm? Rather than being everywhere, Om Shanti Shanti. Hmm? It doesn't mean that 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 Krishna's form has some beginning. Bhakti has no beginning. Hmm? Bhagwan has no beginning. At least, if you want to say that. Krishna is the source of the world, and someone says, what is the source of Krishna? We say, Radha, who is bhakti personified. What is the source of Radha? Krishna. What is the source of Krishna? Radha. <laughs> so, it's a nice idea. <clears throat> so these ideas, he was filled with. The necessity to give, he was filled with. Hmm? And so he came, hmm? and, and he lived in the Bowery there. Hmm? He met some hippies, 1965, in the, in the New York, in the village, right? And um, he sat in the park in the daytime, Tompkins Square Park. I don't know how many of you know New York, but in, 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 in the village. And he chanted this Hare Krishna mantra. And so people, you know, it was a spectacle. People came and, what's this all about? And so forth. And, those were experimental times and so forth. So uh, some of us, you know, took to that. And and um, and, and I want to say that he, he, he came with a necessity and and he, he it was his heart, if you will, and the ideas, the experience that was the house in which the whole world could live. We're not carpenters here. Hmm? House builds. We may build a temple, build an ashram and so forth, but we're... But it's it's only to facilitate an idea that's bigger than the institution itself, that an institution cannot contain, that it only tries to to facilitate. Hmm? Like Chaitanya himself was a ver- veritable waterfall of, of ecstasy, of ananda. Hmm? Mahabhav. It, like if you could picture the Niagara Falls, what can you do? You're kind of like, whoa. <laughs> you got to stand back. But if someone could take that and build a lake out of that, that you could approach and drink from, and swim in and bathe in. And so, so this is kind of a, the, the attempt to institutionalize ecstasy. I don't mean to minimize it, but to make it understandable, to institutionalize it in a soft way by la- by speaking about it, by writing about it, what it is, hmm? and then maybe form a group to to you know to to like what is happening to us. <laughs> We are chanting this. What's happening? Let's share notes, kind of a thing. And this is the kind of thing that happens to us. And why us? Hmm? There is a reason. It can be traced out hmm? over so many lifetimes. It's a no reason reason. It's it's grace. Somehow, hmm? somehow we bumped into the to a sadhu somewhere, and this is, this has been started, in even in a different form of life. Now in human dress we come and we, we come to a gathering like this for such a discussion. Hmm? We may be affected by that. We may feel called to some extent by that. Then we are really in trouble. We have to find other people and stick with them. Hmm? Pujapat Sridhar gave the example. It's like UFOs. Somebody sees one then they come in and say, there's a UFO in the backyard. So everybody comes to the, comes to the porch and of course there's no UFO there. But he saw and then they go, okay, so UFO, why don't you take some rest, you know? 
Then he gets up and he knows that he saw. He can't convince anybody. Then he has to find other people who saw. And one from this country, one from that country, one from this occupation and that occupation and this culture and that culture. And their experience transcends all these cultures. And they come to be together on the basis of something that transcends their differences, their idiosyncrasies, and so forth. Hmm. They form a union on that basis. Hmm. In Krishna Lila, we have Krishna playing the flute in the, in the autumn uh, Purnim, the full moon, and the milkmaidens, they heard the flute. Hmm. He was calling them in the night. And each one heard but neither knew that the other heard. Hmm? They heard, and they went. And they had a thousand and eight reasons not to go. Hmm? All kinds of social reasons, religious reasons not to go, Hmm? practical family reasons and obligations. Hmm? They went. They heard heard their name in the flute. Hmm? This is Diksha. Hmm? They heard it, they went. When they got there, they said, "Oh, you heard it too." You, this, this was their group then, who went, who heard it and went. Hmm? That is the group you wanted to join. Hmm? And where they went, <laughs> they didn't go into any sectarian institution. Do you understand? Hmm? No. Hmm? They went where the, where the, the call to answer the call that transcends such. This is a big place then. Hmm? Not of a place of small ideas. Even the liberation of India was a big idea, but it's a very small idea, for example, in comparison to this. We just had a political, you know, whatever, drama in our, our country here with elections and so forth. And, you know, it's hard to avoid it. It's just like everywhere, you know, talking heads and so forth. Uh, but it's just all a very small idea. There's some place for thinking about these things to some extent, but... But if you could think and pursue these big I- this big idea, uh, it, it puts all of that in perspective. It does it so wonderfully too, because it turns problems in, in, into 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 solutions. Hmm? Uh, and this is a good example because of, of it today, because we're celebrating the, the Tirubab. It means the disappearance. They use the word disappearance and appearance. Rather than birth and, and, and death, it's a it's a, a, a tradition um, because the person either he wasn't born by the force of karma, or in at least he or she the guru didn't appear in your life hmm, on the force of karma out of a necessity that he or she had to have some followers. Um, you know, to get have a life insurance policy in the future, some make sure I have hot chapatis in my old age or something like hot rice or something. You know, not like that, not for business making. Hmm? Uh, we're born out of a necessity. You have to take birth. Hmm? If you die, as the Gita said, you have to take birth. Hmm? So what we're teaching about how to stop dying. Hmm? Now that means what? <laughs> That means that the biological death is one thing, but it has nothing to do with us. That's the point. One of the big questions in science is, that hasn't been answered, is what is the biological basis and makeup of consciousness? Hmm? 
there's a huge bias to this question. The question should be, is there a biological makeup to consciousness? Hmm. The Vedanta answers, no. It's not biological. Hmm. Neither it's artificial, computerized, or anything like that. Hmm. Uh, uh, and of course, it gives a methodology to, to experience that as well. Hmm. 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 So... This is anyway. This is a big idea to go there, to go within that, and so we talk about that person who comes into our life that makes that available to us, that he he or she appeared in our life. It means not out of a karmic necessity, but that that they were driven by, but out of another kind of necessity, a necessity to give. They were driven by, and they appeared in our life. In other words, things are coming and going in our life by another force, by the force of karma. We get certain things and we can't get certain things and we lose certain things. Hmm? But this is another thing altogether. It's moving under a different shakti. Not the maya shakti, but this bhakti shakti. We call it swarup shakti. Hmm? It's antaranga shakti, not bahiranga shakti. Not the outer shakti that is matter. Not the shakti that we're constituted of, that's it's in between. We're mixed up with matter, although we're different from matter. Hmm? But the shakti that governs the lila, the play of Bhagwan, hmm? this is bhakti. Hmm? And this, when this comes into our life through this kind of lineage, then we call it something he or she appeared in our life and then disappeared. But this is different than the coming and going of things, as I said, here today and gone. Tomorrow. Here today, here tomorrow. Hmm? Hmm? Even when gone. Hmm? Here when gone. So this is disappearance means appearance. This is the idea. The disappearance of the guru from our life, hmm? if properly understood, means the appearance of the guru in our life. In the full sense of the term, it means became a guru. You understand? You become the guru. It means. Hmm? Maybe not formally, necessarily. If there's a necessity for that, it's one thing. Hmm? But in other words, who appeared in my life and gave me these things and so forth and then disappeared suddenly. Hmm? That leaving is for a purpose also, hmm. to test the measure of my conviction, hmm. my understanding. Now I have the necessity to look within. What was that about? Hmm. In his company, in her company of my guru, everything was warm hmm. and affectionate and all comforting. Hmm. The whole, the, 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 the force of the world hmm, was pushed back. Hmm pushed back the whole force of the world in his or her association and so forth. Now he's gone. Hmm. To this, is, this is to test us, to teach us something. Hmm. Now you have to take, find what was that? Think about that. Pursue that and, and culture that and, and be that. Hmm. The idea is uh, it's to help us to become that. Hmm? This is this is 
heavy. Hmm. I told one of my students, I said, it can be very, very sweet to be close to me, and it can be very heavy also. So you have to be prepared for that. It can be very heavy. Hmm. But that is also sweet. Hmm. 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 You get to tell somebody sometimes, that is not good for you. Don't do that. <laughs> and and this is heavy when I'm saying you, So you have to become... Hmm. So the, the, the idea is that in the disappearance, hmm, the, 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 that it gives us a, a powerful opportunity to really become all that the Guru wants us to be, all that the Guru personifies that we are in potential. We have a potential. Hmm? And the Guru comes as a, like a mirror. You could be like this. Hmm? It's not a foreign imposition. It feels like... Yes, I feel like that. But he said, I feel like that. He's articulating what's in my heart. I couldn't quite say it like that, but I, yes, I feel like that. Hmm? I feel at home because that's, he's hitting home. He touches home. For home going, a home knowing person is required. Hmm? Hmm? And home is, home is in the heart. Hmm? So then suddenly he's gone. Hmm? And then this is supposed to be a powerful, like, negative impetus to push me the, the further distance hmm? and become that, that I, well, all that I could be. Hmm? And, and find the appearance, an appearance of the Guru in a dynamic sense in the disappearance. So we use these terms. He's not gone. Hmm? And what <laughs> he or she, Guru, came to give... Hmm? Yeah. It's for you to take and be. Hmm? Uh, of course, then uh, we may find we need help. So then, in disappearance of our guru, we may take help from other gurus. That's also possible. Hmm? But at some point, <laughs> the point is, we have to turn a disappearance into appearance. Hmm? Always present, even in absence. This is a very big subject, actually. In Leela, the idea of separation is found, union is found in separation. Hmm? Um, and so, and it's really true. It's really true. I was with my Guru Maharaj, with Prabhupada, in the early, maybe 1972, I remember. He was in Los Angeles, and he spent three months there. It was the first... Um, period of time that I, you know, spent extended period of time with him for three months. Every day he would he would go for a walk in the morning hmm, and, um, and sit and speak for an hour every morning. And I became so accustomed to that, hmm, seeing him in the morning, either or going on the walk with him or, or being there when he went out and coming there when he came back. <laughs> to see him wherever he was visible you know moving outside I was there unless I had some service for him that took me elsewhere and 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 I and I started to find him in the service he was present in his absence in the service uh, he uh, uh, and, and so for three months I became very accustomed like this. And then it was told to me that in next week Prabhupada is going to Hawaii. And I couldn't, I couldn't 
it just didn't fit inside my head. How is that possible? I will that, that he will not be here the next morning <laughs> in a week or something like that. And I was overwhelmed with feelings of separation. He was still there. Hmm? But I was overwhelmed with feeling of separation. And it was extremely absorbing, consuming. And because the object that was consuming me, his association was spiritual, it was extremely blissful. Hmm? So agonizing uh, on the outside, in one sense, disconcerting, but overwhelmingly uh, ecstatic, blissful. And these kind of things I talked about in the context of, of Leela, hmm? in Krishna's absence, the milkmaidens are feeling his presence, sometimes more than in his presence. Uh, it was early in 19, maybe 71 or 72. I had an overwhelming experience like this. I thought, oh, that's what it's talking about. It's like that. Hmm? It's something like this. If you take, if you take ice, you put it on your body, it can burn. It can feel like it's going to burn you. It's so cold. Hmm? Hmm? Actually, what it does is numb, numb the skin. It doesn't burn the skin. Hmm? But it has an appearance of like, oh, it's, it's burning. Hmm? So this separation and disappearance idea, when really understood experientially, hmm? it has an outward appearance of, of one thing that's very disconcerting. Hmm? But inwardly, it's very comforting, almost desirable to re- repeat and so forth. So the it's, that, it's the nature of the object you see being spiritual, and the nature of the association with that object being one of service. If it pleases the object of my uh, service and adoration for me not to be present, then then so be it, and that is that. Then, then, the, then the, you find the presence there. Hmm? There was a story of this great associate of Chaitanya, Sri Chaitanya. His name was Mukunda. And he did something, and Sri Chaitanya said, tell him not to come around anymore, hmm? what he's done. Hmm? And so uh, he was keeping at a, at a separate location, and then the, the other devotees, they would felt sympathetic for him, so they'd come and talked to him, and then they talked to Sri Chaitanya. And um, he asked them, when will Chaitanya Dev again give me darshan? Let me have his association. So they went back, and they and, he, and Chaitanya Dev said, where have you been? And they said, we talked to Mukunda. What did he say? Hmm? He asked when he would get your association again. He said, not for a thousand lifetimes, tell him. Hmm? So they were mortified by this. Then they went back to Mukunda, and Mukunda said, what did he say? And they said, well, he said, not for a thousand lifetimes. It will take you a thousand lifetimes. And Mukunda said, Hari! He was ecstatic. He said, what's wrong with this guy? He's going to take a thousand lifetimes. And they said, can you explain your ecstasy? He said, that I will get it. That's all. And he had it, really, in other words. So they were startled by that. And they went, what? And then he went back, and then Chaitanya said, what did he say? <laughs> They said he began to dance, and he said, "Bring him here immediately. <laughs> He's really already here." Hmm? Something like that. So this is a very uh, extraordinary uh, idea. Hmm? It has an outward appearance of one thing that we, you know, we can say separation makes the heart grow fonder, materially speaking, hmm? but it doesn't in itself have afford us any pleasure. 
the only pleasure that comes out of the separation that makes the heart grow fonder is that you know eventually we get the person's association or something like that. Then it all works out, kind of something like that. But there's actually this spiritual separation, and then we talk about it in the context of the term, the, the phrase, disappearance of the guru. Is Anthony's appearing there in that? As we speak about this, discuss like this, there's another nice thing, and I'll, I'll conclude with this. I was sitting with Pujapad Sridhar I wasn't sitting with some of my my God brothers uh, uh, were uh, other other uh, disciples, uh, and they were sitting, in a, and it was night. On a, this is in uh, in, uh, in in Mayapur in West Bengal, on a balcony of uh, the ashram, and it was it was it was just uh, getting dark, and they were talking. Um, Sridhar was speaking. This is Sridhar was a, was a godbrother of my guru, so he became a, a, a guru of mine as well. And he they he knew my guru for you know many 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 years. They lived together and so forth. So when when Prabhupada left the world, we had a good company to have his association. And so he was sitting and speaking about Prabhupada. And um, previously, the night before, he had told a story, a story from another lineage. It's a famous story of how. Three uh, uh, devotees of Narayan, a form of Krishna, a forehand form of Krishna, uh, had gotten together and they were held up in a cave in the rain. And so they got together and they began to speak about Narayan. Hmm? The kata, you know, the talk about the, the leelas and so forth and the underlying philosophy. And in the and amongst them, hmm, then they stopped and the lead speaker said, I feel a fourth person amongst us. There is another one. In the talk about him, in the, in the, in the separation from him that caused him, they, they found him present and so forth. So anyway, they were sitting, three, two, and, and Sridhar Marsh was there, and he was speaking about Prabhupada and his experience, knowing him and so forth. And then my friends told me this, and they were seated there. And then he stopped for a moment and he said, and I feel a fourth person. Hmm? So, in talks like this, if you're all tuned in, then if we can do this right, then he can be present here. Hmm? On the day of his disappearance, is my point. Hmm? By speaking affectionately, and we can all be uh, blessed by that. And of course, it is by the power, blessings for me that I have anything to say about this. And I'm sitting here with you in any capacity whatsoever. So, uh, we're... Uh, I feel blessed to be in your company, the opportunity to say a few things, some eulogy and uh, underlying philosophy with regard to uh, my Guru Maharaj in the day of his disappearance. Thank you. Any questions? Yes, Raghavnika. Um, you said about that Prabhupada prayed on the ship. Well, it's good to study. There's a famous prayer that he wrote 
that's, uh, that has been put to song, actually. And if you study that prayer, then you see the, 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 the answer to your question is yes, because what he prayed for was he prayed to Krishna hmm? in a very, of course, he did it in a very insightful way. Hmm? He said, my dear Krishna, my dear friend, he said to Krishna, hmm? bye, my dear friend, brother, he said, uh, that it's a known fact that if Radharani, Radha, is pleased with you, then your life is successful. Hmm? This is a very intimate uh, understanding based on Leela and so forth. Hmm? If Radharani is pleased with you, then, then that's good for you, and your life will be successful, hmm? he said. So he started his poem like this, getting Krishna's attention. Really? You know that? Huh. And so uh, uh, those of you who understand, this is a very compelling way to get Krishna's, to Krishna's attention. So anyway, then he said, so my guru, and this is the point, it's relevant, my guru, he has the same sentiment like Radha, hmm? like a handmaiden. He, in his perfectional Perfection in the Leela is, is a handmaiden of Radha, assisting Radha in her, her love for you. Mm-hmm. And so she, my guru, mm-hmm. he has a female form in the Leela, mm-hmm. and she has asked me to do something. So you should take it that, that Radha has asked me to do something. Mm-hmm. And it's not a small task. Radha has asked me to come on this boat to the Western world and try to explain all these ideas to people and uh, in, in, in another country, uh, foreign country at this age, and I don't know, I don't have the power to do that, and you've got a lot of power, <laughs> and so, and if Radharani is pleased with you, then your life will be successful, and Radharani has asked me to do this, so you have to give me the power to do this. This is my prayer to you. I'm negotiating with you like this. Hmm? Um, and then he went on. It's a beautiful prayer. And he speaks about his own aspiration for entering the Leela and so forth. But my point is that he asked Krishna to give him the power to do that which his guru had asked of him. Hmm? You can pray like that. <laughs> any, any, any devotee can pray. Krishna, hmm? my guru is dear to you. He asked me to do this. It's impossible. Hmm? <laughs> But you can do the impossible, something like that. Hmm? So if, give me the power to do that, and I think that that'll be good for you, <laughs> and that'll be good for me. So, yeah. Yeah. What else? Another question? Is that prayer in, uh, in that book where Krishna, you can get a house for the world? There's a book. And is the prayer in that book? I don't know if the book is the prayer is in that book, um, but um, uh, I will have Nitai send you a copy of that, and a rec- in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, both the prayer, the translation, and also how it was put to song. So you get his uh, his email address and send him that. It's very beautiful. Hmm? Agni knows the song. He is. We should sing it, but everybody doesn't know the words, so...
Mm. Anyway, it's nice to sit with all of you and, and again have the opportunity to uh, glorify my guru in this way. And and, um, and tomorrow we'll be at the bhakti shop, so we'll, which I talk about same topics in different ways. Uh, I welcome you there. And again, we'll be here sometime on Sunday. What, what time on Sunday, Hari Bhakti? 1.30. 1.30. And now we'll stop and then we'll take some prasad. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Bhaktivinda ki jai. Gaud Premanandi.